Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. My guest today is actor, comedian, and self-professed Jewish heartthrob, Rick Glassman. When he's not acting, Rick hosts a podcast called Take Your Shoes Off. There is actually a quarantine edition of that called The Balcony Series, which I was just recently on. Wonderful. It mixes podcast and cartoons. I believe he had a goblin shit on my shoulder. Speaking of shit on my shoulder, fair warning, we do use some colorful language and cover a variety of adult topics. So please consider this a parental advisory. You can find Rick on Instagram at Rick Glassman. Was that on purpose? Uh, it wasn't. I mean, I don't know. It's fantastic. It's the same way I always get a cut. It's fantastic. It's growing out to be as though, like, Billy Ray Cyrus trimmed the back, but not took it to a normal person's haircut, had still the party in back. Right. And then you grew it out because you haven't been to a barber. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't want to start off for your listeners to think I'm challenging you, but I just want to make sure I understand. You can challenge me all you want, no. Would it be Billy Ray Cyrus is cutting my hair or the person who cuts Billy, Say Ryrus, yes. Billy Ray Cyrus yes. is involved? Right. The latter. It's as though you, you looked at him from his heyday mm. and you thought he's figured out the haircut and you got that haircut, but you got not, you know, his was quite exaggerated. Well, it was a different time. Right. You got like the more modern version of that. Yeah. I I always heard it called business up front, party in back. Yeah. I, I, now that you say it that way with the whole thing, yeah. that I know what you're talking about more. Yeah. A lot of times people just assume everyone knows the tropes and the sayings. Right. You know, one man's trash. And then it's like, well, go on. Yeah. Keep, yeah. Yeah. What about it? I, like, there are no ellipses there. Yeah. I need the whole thing. 
one man's trash is is uh, is on the sidewalk. What should we do about it? <laughs> right. One man's trash just fell out of his car, and we're going to report him. Yes, and a reported man is another man's treasure. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. <laughs> Cut to a clip of our podcast. Way, podcast. I was telling my wife this morning about you and your podcast, and I was like, she was like, you got to tell me why you had so much fun. And I said, okay, well, just as part of it, he snapped his fingers, told me to look up, and then said, how did you like that? And I said, that was fine. And he said, an elf just shit in your mouth. A goblin. A goblin just shit in your mouth. And my wife, <laughs> listen, my wife inscribed my wedding ring, eat shit. That is the inscription on my wedding ring. So you couldn't have done, you. she like loves that more than anyone else I think in your audience loves goblins shitting in people's mouths. My wife was like, he knows how to treat We'll have you. to send her a clip. Yeah. I sent uh, I, uh, I sent my girlfriend a clip last night because our episode comes out. When Do we know when this comes out yet? This two weeks. So our episode came out a week ago. Okay. And uh, I sent her a clip where you adjusted yourself. Yeah. So then I asked you to do it a couple more times. <laughs> we just put in these ridiculous fart sounds. <laughs> yeah. Also, but there's some smart stuff. There's some, you know, we get into it. Yeah. But yeah, man, that was... That was a fun. I have a lot of fun on my podcast. You you sure do. And I have a lot of very very funny people involved. And people oftentimes play, but a lot of times they don't. Yeah. They don't want to, they don't realize it. It takes a little bit to get into it. You and I never met. My girlfriend listens to your podcast and said you have to get Ethan on. I reached out blah blah blah. You came over and within minutes you're snapping to my dad's rug store commercial. Yeah. And I'm just like this is I felt so good. I think I, I told you that. When you were walking up, I was just we like... Were, we had fun. I, yeah. I watched, and it, it it was so much fun. Because there was a moment where where I was watching your show in preparation to be on your show, and I was like, if he's a dick, that's not going to be fun. Oh, no. Like, if he's if he's mean about this, because you never know with, with Hollywood people. Like, you could see, like, a TV show and, and see, like, that looks like fun, but then you know they say cut, and then the person is not nice like a very famous person right now who's being ostracized for being not nice, apparently. I'm not saying any names. Tim Dillon thinks she should go to jail. Well, you did say a name. Whatever. But I'm not saying her name. You said it's a um, she. Listen, I personally don't care. You're not a Hillary, Hillary Clinton fan. I, I'm not a fan of any politician, but I'm, 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 I'm not a fan of, of uh, regulating behavior. So I think... If at some point we go like, not fan of regulating behavior, in like everybody has to be nice. Why? Why does everybody have to be nice? I don't think everybody has to be nice. I think the way it shakes out is if you're not nice, people don't want to work with you. Uh-huh. Unless you're like like we lose people like Stanley Kubrick if everybody has to be nice, right? And and I like and we his have movies. lost him. A we, lot of people think right. it's because he was mean, right? Possibly, right? So I don't know if that's a good trade off. Ellen, I don't know. I said her name. We're going to cut that. But then we're not going to okay. because who cares? I don't want to get rid of her because she's not as nice. By the way, nice is subjective. Anyway, long story short, I was a little bit scared that maybe you were going to have elves shitting in my mouth, goblins. Respectfully, by the way. Right. It was all done so nicely. And that, and that uh, you know, if you weren't also nice, it was going to be uncomfortable. Did you feel a little bit better once you got to my place and you saw that I live in a one-bedroom apartment? You have to assume if he 
is doing this, he has to, at least for now. He has to be nice. He has to, for you now. You have That's, to be kind. Yeah. 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 And you were, and it was great. It was so much we fun. We talked about on the podcast how you said how uh, when people become successful, it's easier to become shitty. And you had to check yourself after season one of Earl. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was a really interesting. People who change usually do so with without being aware of it. Otherwise, yeah. why would they want to be something and then something different without knowing that that and you were the opposite you were aware that you almost did it well no i think i did it i don't think i became unkind i think i was i maintained kindness but my work ethic yeah your professionalism you said yeah i wasn't you know it's like now my work ethic's very good and and uh the subsequent seasons of my name is earl my work work ethic went back to my it, went up to my standards again, but there was a, a period of time where I would be on my phone, not paying attention, not showing up to work, knowing my lines. Right. And I, I think that that's not a level of professionalism I enjoy. My first job, um, like real job was, uh, an NBC show called undateable. And I was on that show Four of the seven castmates were stand-up comics. Three of them I'm friends with. One of them is my best friend. We drive to work together. Yeah. And I— Did that work out because of that? Because you guys were—that, I assume, started prior to the show. Uh, Bill Lawrence created—is uh, the showrunner of the show. Um, he created Scrubs and Spin City and Cougar Town. And, and uh, uh, I actually just had an instinct of I wanted to like, oh, yes, there's a new show that's coming out in a couple of weeks, but I forgot the name of it. And I feel like, actually, I got to— I was there during some of the filming of it, and it's really, really funny. It's uh, Jason Sudeikis on Apple TV, some soccer show. Oh, I forgot what it's called. That would be awesome. But I feel like you got to do that. You got to say, when I bring someone up, you got to say the thing, yeah. you know? But uh, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, Yeah, so okay. check that out, and, or, you know. Um, but he was at the improv, and he saw Brent, and, Brent Morin and I do stand-up, and he already had this show, but nobody cast for it. So we became kind of friends. Um, I was, I'm a fan of Bill. Um, I was re-watching Scrubs at the time. And I knew that he had this basketball game. So after we met, like at the improv that night, I talked basketball, basketball, and got his assistant's contact info. And for three months, reached out and said, we're available to hoop. And after a few months, we got in the game. And that, without that, we're not no on the show. show. Yeah, right. Um, so Brent and I were the first people cast. And Bill liked that, oh, these are stand-up comedians in a multicam in front of a live studio audience. They're friends. And he wanted to find some more of that. Yeah. So... Uh, I don't know if it was an intention from the very beginning, but it did organically come where he wanted people who knew each other and in the same community to do this. Um, but the reason I bring it up is because before that, I have been doing stand-up and sketches for free and a couple of, you know, KFC commercials, but I don't have experience doing, like, what I moved out here to do. Yeah. And it's a multicam. Um, multicams, the way they work, are... It's a secret job of Hollywood where you work 25, 35 hours a week and you show up at 10 a.m. and you rehearse for five hours and you go home. It's the greatest job a person could ever have. It was uh, the only – go ahead. Yeah, no, I I, I think um, aesthetically maybe some people prefer the way a single camera show looks or Without whatever. But as far as like – a uh, human being, especially, and you're young, you don't have kids, but a person with kids and a family, you cannot beat a multi-cam show. It's it's like uh, it's like winning the lottery. 
Yeah, you're. I mean, I guess the only other thing would be a six, wildly successful animated show, right? Because you, you, just the work hours alone. Yeah. Um, but I'm on this show and I'm here with my best friends. Some of which, two of them are writers on the show. Uh, and I'm friends with the creator. I mean, I was playing basketball with the creator before we worked together. Like, I am comfortable. Yeah. You know. And a lot of times you, you finish a scene and now we're waiting. The way our show worked, we just got they change the script every day almost. So. While you're waiting, I would have my headphones on. When we were done, I didn't take my headphones out. I don't. I, I, I've recently stopped, but that's kind of a thing of mine. It's just easy to escape. It's easy for people not to talk to you. Just It's comfort. I have yeah. my headphones in. Um, I didn't know how much that bothered people, and nobody was even telling me. My friend, nobody, I didn't know. So I ended up getting a reputation of, like, not taking it seriously, not paying attention. And also, I should not have been doing that. And sometimes I would, when we're waiting, I'd put music on. But once we started, I stopped it. Maybe people heard the music. I don't know. But the point is, like, just my already instincts of just wanting to make myself comfortable without being aware of where it might step on other people's discomfort or yeah. whatever it may affect their professionalism, their their craft, et cetera. So I'm curious that if I end up becoming more successful – what <laughs> instincts are already built in yeah. where I'm shitting on people's shoulders and stuff because this is fun. Right. But people like, well, my wife didn't inscribe each shit on my ring. I don't like that. Right. You know? Well, yeah, and that's what that's the thing. Because I think there could be a dark version of that where it is done spitefully or mean-spiritedly or something. I I think the reality is more not just for me in general, where the perspective is dark. Yeah. Because on one hand, you could argue, well, my intentions were good. On the other hand, you could say, but it didn't make me feel good. So I don't think one is right and one is wrong, but both need to be considered. Yeah. And if my intention is to, which it always is, to play, to connect, to be friends, but my aggressive persona or my direct communication or my goblin shitting personality objectively to that person is dark, not fun, steps on their timing, makes them whatever, but they don't tell me. That's that's a struggle in my life that I've been working on in the past few years as I became aware of it way too late in life. I don't know how you're feeling if you don't tell me. I'm not intuitive like that. Right, And but this comes like nice circle back to she who won't be named, who we were talking about earlier. I think be nice, be kind is such a positive message. It's a nice, it's a nice message. It's a nice uh, facade or pageant to play for everyone. I'm the nicest person ever and all of that. At the end of the day, it, with one-on-one -on -one interactions, it is all subjective. How kind somebody is, is subjective. You know, I could, I had my experience with you, which I really enjoyed and somebody else could have that same experience and not enjoy it. And there's no way to determine which is more correct and less correct. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I go, what's what outweighs what? Uh, millions of people are entertained by this person. And a handful of people say she wasn't nice. And I'm like, I don't care if she's nice. Is she like actively harming people? Then we can like start to like pick apart whether a person's like worthy or not of our affection. I uh, have not been following that story at all. I know the very, I know the headline, the headline, not even headlines. Right. And I don't have much skin in the game. Yeah. I will say that, you know, everything, 
when it's not manipulated by people in power, and, I, and this may be the case, it may not be, uh, reaches an equilibrium. Yeah. And if somebody is mean and it affects the workplace, that person at work, should they have the choice, and I, many times they do, is the cost worth it? Do I want to be working in this environment with all the pros and take the cons? And that's a shitty position for anyone to be in. Yeah. But it's it should be their choice more than it is the public's choice, which is, you know, this stuff is bleeding into one another with pros and cons. I mean, on one end, you could argue cancel culture. On the other end, you could argue a, a positive social movement for women and people of color. Right. And even then, I'm not sure. Am I allowed to say people of color? Do I have to say Bi- biopic or whatever it is, people of color. I don't even know biopic. Yeah, there's the the B O P I C something with indigenous. I don't know. Okay, but the point. Uh, it's it's P O C is people of color. Yeah, and then there's N B P O C. What's that one? Non-black people of color. There's uh, there's biracial um, indigenous people of color. Okay. Point I'm making is that's great. Yeah, but also. If I come on here and say, I don't know if it's BPOC or BIPOC or whatever, and that upsets somebody, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Right. Point being, before you guys go talk about it, let me know. Right. So this stuff that's happening with she who should not be named, I mean, I don't know, man. People, every, every here's, the, here's the truth. And I'm not comparing it to her because I don't know anything. Everybody sucks. <laughs> right. You know, like. Well, when human, you, we're talking about human beings. Yeah. When you came over, thank you for being patient. The the dance I made you do just to take your shoes off and put them back on the balcony and the touching and the don't touch, you just were accepting of it. If you weren't, I am the annoying one, not no, but you. I find I, listen, and and this is obviously perspective because you could have somebody who comes over and goes like this is inconvenient or whatever. Which I would agree with. Okay, fine. I was fascinated by it. I, w- I was like actually interested in what's this guy's process because it's not the same as my process, but I'm interested to know like what do you do when you have somebody come through your house when you when you are super concerned about stuff. Feel that? Do we have an earthquake? I think we just had a little earthquake. Or is that my bowel movement? <laughs> that might be a brewing bowel movement. You guys really didn't feel that? I felt nothing. And I'm looking for like swaying leaves on that plant and really seeing nothing. All right. I don't I don't even know. We got on this. I literally picked her because uh, as an analogy to mean people and I think you could have a bad experience with somebody especially when you're trying to be creative and it could tarnish that. Yeah. But I didn't have that experience. You I had, had goblin shitting in my mouth. Yeah. I th- right. uh, uh I think it's shoulder not mouth. Shitting on my shoulder. But but I like the idea, and I'm going to go and see what we could do. I sold it to my wife as my mouth. Did you lift your head up and open your mouth? I don't remember that part. I wanted to. If I didn't, well, I If you guys want to see it, check to. out Take Your Shoes Off at yeah. ricklessman.com yeah. for some shitting. Yeah, the uh, uh, the idea of, um, and we could get off this because it feels like that's what you want to do anyway, but the idea of. I'm happy to talk about this. I'm ha- Yeah, we could talk about whatever. Well, just to create the, this idea of like. I've always been somebody who, who uh, not by choice, benefits from collaboration. When I was a kid, um, I, uh, in a very brief description, I have some learn, learning disability, obsessive compulsive disorder. I had to end up going to a special school for a while, which is not private, but I talk about my podcast and for it feels self-indulgent every time I talk about it. So should we dive in? Feel free. Otherwise, point being, what the fuck is the point? 
Oh, yes, the collaboration. When I was, something that was brought to my attention at an early age was I can't do things, but when other people ask for my help, I am able to. And it's not like, uh, I I don't know, I I didn't know why, I think I understand why now, but at the moment, I, I don't know how to do this, but if you ask me a question, I could figure it out with you. Yeah. That has carried from being able to uh, digest and receive and educate myself to a more, since I'm not being schooled, you know, daily at the moment and I'm in the the entertainment business, when I am collaborating and working on stuff, even if it's my own thing and you're helping me with it, just I'm locked in with you. Uh, And what I've learned is how, how difficult it is to be on the same frequency with people, both personally and professionally. Uh, you're a great friend. Doesn't translate to us working well together. Uh, I'm not interested in going to the movies with you too much, but we work really well together. And I don't know where that frequency is and if it's even controllable and manageable, but I have been fortunate enough to collaborate with role models of mine. Um, and by design and just what my network is, been trying to collaborate with just friends. And it sucks sometimes when, like, you know, I want to be able to say it's hard to, it's it's our hard enough to, I mean, by listen to me now, to communicate directly. I have to know what I'm feeling, which is the biggest challenge of all. Then I have to, I have to transmit it to you. And because you're a different person, I basically I'm decoding it and you have to encode it the other way around. Pardon me. And I have to hope that you, it's very, very tough. And the more we sugarcoat by like, start with a nice thing and then say the construct, it gets complicated and muted. And I am struggling with this in my life at the moment, but like the best I can do is what I would want other people to do for me, which is, I've used this example many times because it's it's literal and a beautiful microcosm. If we're going in, into a movie or somewhere where we need to be quiet and I'm talking at this level and you say, Rick, you're being loud. I'm going to say, oh, thanks. You know, I wasn't right. always that way. Right. I'm 100% that way now. Yeah, good. Tell me. You know, it's like, I'm not mad at you. Right. Some people you have to, and I'm not perfect. I'm just saying in this particular case, this is, this is a strength of mine and something I forget that everybody doesn't have. Here's another great example. When, if you're driving and I see a cop up ahead, uh, and I say, Hey, a police officer. Yeah, I know, man. It's like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just looking. Now we have four eyes. Yeah. I'm helping. I'm, I'm helping. Yeah. I think I am. But I might say, but what some people want or need is, hey, man, listen, I know you're driving and, and you see the road. And if you see this, great, no problem. But just in case, I want to let you know, woo, woo, it's too late. Too many words. Yeah. And too you, many words. You didn't even try. I didn't see it. Yeah. So let me just tell you the fucking data, dude. Yeah. But some people, and I, it's not even necessarily wrong. It's just different for me some people can't handle data they need the information they need it packaged yeah and they and then they also need it uh packaged and presented in a way with an explanation of like i'm not judging your ability to handle anything but here's some information that might be helpful too much to calculate that's my shortcoming i don't know how you're going to receive stuff i just hey there's a cop up ahead hey man blah 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 when I first realized this stuff, my thought was, 
hey, man, this is what it is. If you don't like it, then maybe we're not working out. What I've learned and am constantly learning is I'm right and so are you. And I need to find a way to be safe in my world, but also allow you to be safe in yours. And it just, it wears on me, man. Yeah. It's hard. It, it is hard. And this is really fascinating because I've been talking to my older kids about this a lot. Um, and the idea that everybody is right, because I believe that whatever your truth is, that's your truth. Yeah. I, I can't say whether that's right or not. That's your truth. And whatever my truth is my truth. This doesn't deny facts. You know, there's matter here. And to us, I think it's a table. You could say... Footstool. Right, maybe. A pygmy could come in and go, it's a shelter. Who knows? And we get into, like, areas of of truth with, like, how nice it is, if if it's a table you like or don't like or whatever. But, like, once we go beyond there's matter here... We get into real subjective stuff, and there's no way to necessarily uh, consolidate these things. And so we suddenly are categorizing everything, and the ability to just say, everyone, everyone's right. Everyone is right. I'm right too, and I don't need you to agree with me, and let's not fight about it. Yeah, it's, it, that, it's uh, the difference between understanding and agreeing. Yeah. Where we have to try our best to understand people. Right. And then the agreement, because agreement comes or it doesn't. You can't control that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess I can see how that's a shelter. It's not for me. Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really all it takes. Yeah. Um, but it's, but it's, 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 we're, your example by design is simple. Yes. When it comes to. health, When it comes to, well, uh, yeah, but on a smaller scale even than that, on a daily, more personal um controllable level when it's things that aren't matter yeah when it's things like like uh time or or credit or responsibility and deliverables and expectations where you know what you're saying makes sense but if we continue down this path at the moment with the way i'm seeing this world i know i'm going to become resentful right and that's not sustainable so i want to figure this out with you now but that doesn't mean we're going to figure it out. Right. But the attempt to figure it out is good. And it takes both parties to want to collaborate on that. Yeah. And many times people will be, and I'm putting myself in that category, and I, I don't want to be that way, will be like, you know, when do you put your foot down? Because it is important to stand up for yourself and draw a line in the sand, but it's also important to not put your foot down and draw a line in the sand and pick your battles. What's more important? Is it a... Uh, my friend Jeff Karp said to me um, in uh, – in, this is my first year of college. So I'm uh, – what am I? I'm, eight, I'm 18. And point being, I'm young. And I had an issue with a girlfriend at the time. I don't remember what it was, but I do remember I didn't like it. And I talked to Jeff, and, and Jeff said to me, basically, all the, after calculating everything, Jeff said, it seems like it's a small thing for you and a big thing for her. So just – Based on that, maybe just concede it. And right. that's been like, I mean, I've only exercised that however many times I have, but it always, it's a tool in my tool belt. Yeah. Um, sometimes you just have to consider, yeah, you know what? This is unfair or I deserve this or whatever, but it's not that big of a deal to me. It is a big deal to them. Just concede it. 
something that just being an imperfect person that I could admit to you that happens to me when I do that is you and I go to In-N-Out Burger. I'll pay, I, I got it. I, I'm, I'm not getting it. So you get it next time. I don't care. I'm not, I'm, I think at least I'm not even conscious of whatever. Yeah. Next time I'll, it does. It never matters. But at a certain point, four times, five times, I'm going to start to be like, you got to get it. Get, yeah. Yeah. It's your B- turn. Buy it. Right. <laughs> buy it. So there's a certain point when like, yeah, it's a small thing. It's a small thing. It's a small thing. It's a small thing. But I know myself now where it's not great, but I become resentful and it's like, Hey man, listen, I need at the least for you to say, Hey man, I know that you've been giving me this, Yeah. you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. And I'm sure it's the same. And I'm sure I miss these sometimes. But I've become very sensitive to that stuff. And it also, so much so now that on the third time, second time of In-N-Out, I might say to you, hey, man, um, will you buy this for me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you'll say fine, but it's like I I, I wish I didn't have to. It's the, like, fuck, we got to go through this. I, I know. I'm, look, I'm looking out for future Rick because he does have an ego, unfortunately. Yeah. And... Point is, there's so much to fucking calculate. Like, even now, and this is, I have been talking so much. Okay. I talk so much. Yeah, I love it. I'm glad. Thank you. But I want to say, I don't know if it's to your audience because I want them to like me, or if it's to you because I want you to like me, or if it's me because I need to acknowledge everything that I'm doing. At least let me say thank you for your patience. <laughs> you know, acknowledge. I know, I know, and you talk now on your show. My patience no, on your show. Or right my now, patience right now. Like, what the fuck am I? I mean, but this is I haven't the had whole coffee point. in a while. This but. is the whole point. This is it. Hearing this, this is fascinating, and I think this is the whole game of anything. We can apply this this idea. You didn't just feel that. I kind of did. Should we check Twitter for earthquake stats? I don't know. I don't know if if, even nothing shaking. Okay. But also, I did feel it that time. That was the second one. I mean, if the big one hits right now, we've got it captured on film and audio. Uh, And I'd also like to acknowledge after my rant of saying I'm talking too much, five seconds into you talking, I go, Do you feel that? Right. (laughs) You feel how bad it feels when I'm not the one talking? (laughs) Right. The earth shakes. The earth literally says, No, more Rick. Yeah. Um, I think that this, these kind of principles, these philosophical principles can be applied to anything mm-hmm. and any idea and any desire for another, you know, I think a lot of the, look, this is a health and fitness podcast, honestly, mostly because I was too chicken shit to do a philosophical podcast because I think you ultimately get in trouble at some point. Okay. Yeah. It's also, this is your wheelhouse. Yeah, this so is- So you're doing I, what you know. I, yeah, it's exactly. It's not a chicken shit thing. No, 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 no. Uh, yes, not chicken shit, but- You even threw away the, the the Clinton joke, as if I didn't know you were talking about Ellen. I mean, you do not want to talk politics. No, politics, not at all. And and truly, because I'm uninterested in them. Is it an earthquake? Yeah, I mean, stuff's, there's shocks happening all over the place. Is there an earthquake happening, Narod? Now I'm going crazy about it. Now, now- Should we check Twitter? We'll be right back with a word from Marshall Rudd Gallery. Let's, <laughs> we gotta use that. We gotta find somebody to edit something for that. Um, if I, I might send you a five second audio. Uh, I do the voiceover for my dad's, um, setting up in case this is still part of the podcast. Yes, it uh, is. As a joke, um, 
I cut to commercials constantly on my podcast, and it's always just uh, an, uh, a commercial for my dad's local Northeast Ohio area rug store. Yeah. Um, which, incidentally, I do the voiceover on. So it almost seems like, is this real? It's just some random rug thing, and I'm the voice of. Yeah. So as I go on other people's podcasts— um, We do them? Uh, I, uh, when there's video, yeah. I, I always, and I send them. Yeah, so I have, I have, I have gotten my dad's local rug commercial on like really big podcasts all the time. Uh, you know that they charge like 15k for a commercial because it's a bit. Right. So my instincts are always just. Uh, what is his rug store? Well, it's Marshall Carpet, uh, Marshall uh, Carpet and Tile. In what town? Northeast Ohio. Check out Marshall Carpet yeah. and Tile in Northeast Ohio. <laughs> is that like Canton? I know Canton, Ohio. It's more north than that, but I, I went to I went to school at Kent State, which is close to Canton. Loveland, Ohio. That's yeah. near Cincinnati. Yeah, it's I mean, I it's all know. Ohio. I don't know. Yeah, it's all Ohio. It's all within Ohio. Um, I don't want to talk about no. So you please go on. You were talking about getting into health and fitness. Health and fitness, but I think that that was me bumping the table. <laughs> um, I think that in the universe of health and fitness. You run into this repeatedly where somebody has an idea and they will tell you why what you're doing is wrong because of this idea they have. And what, whatever that is, be it, uh, you know. Macros or. Whatever. You're, right. you're eating the wrong foods. You're eating the wrong. Yes. Macros. What's the second one after food? I was going to say you're eating animals. Like, <laughs> uh -oh. this is bad. Um, vegetables are bad in some groups. Dairy is bad. What like, groups uh, are anti-veg? The carnivores. Are they anti-veg or they think that for their their they have a certain goal? So there's a group of people who are super into something called lectins, which are basically in all vegetables, but... I think in highest concentrates would be in like the peel and seeds of peppers, the peel and seeds of yeah, they're they're histamines. I know. Yeah, my girlfriend says they have me limit them for my well. There Jewishness. you go. There's a there's an extreme version of the lectin people who say veggie, veggies are bad because lectins are bad. Yes, that's one argument. Yes, lectins. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I was I told you on my podcast, and we didn't get into it much, but. I was very big into fitness for most of my life. Yeah. Until yeah, this is what we're supposed to talk about. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I would love to get into that stuff. Um, I have a few injuries, the biggest one being my shoulder, I've, um, which I've had I had surgery on it uh, uh, in 2018. But before that, I've done multiple PRP treatments. Uh, I did a bone marrow stem cell injection, uh, many rounds of uh, physical therapy. Uh, and it just never came back in and out. Like, I, um, in college I was, uh, life basketball was ball is life. I lived a ball is life lifestyle when, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but when life with a Y L Y F E, that's okay. kind of what you do when it's ball is in front of it. Yeah. And it was all just working out and that, and then my hurt my shoulder and I still like, I had to stop working out for months at a time sometimes. And then I would go back and I would try different things and limit things and, it was challenging because not only was my exercises limited, to, also so is my information. I only know what I know. Um, I would also then have to stop and I would lose my gains for a while. But for a decade, it was, I'm in pretty good shape for five months of the year. And then I'm in and out for the other time. And what I know about myself is 
when I'm working out, it's not that I have better self-control. Maybe it is control, but it's not like, all right, I'm going to eat well. It's I only want, like, I want to wake up early. I want to eat the right stuff. And when I'm not working out, <clears throat> not only am I depressed because of the, the, the chemical imbalance in my body, but also my motivation, my eating habits, et cetera. My girlfriend's a clinical nutritionist and knows a lot about a lot of stuff. And I, I talking to her about stuff, I'm like, oh, I'm, I know some things. Yeah. And, but I don't implement any of them because my life isn't exercises anymore. I mean, I'm just, I just look at my, I, I catch, I, I, I'm not a big mirror guy. Um, I'm not, I don't think I'm an ugly guy. I don't, I don't hate myself at all. I think I'm, I think I'm, you know, it's, you know, it looks okay. Right. And I love myself. Yeah. I just, I don't think my, a mirror is my best friend. And I walk by a mirror and I just, I look like a, like a, just a Jewish turtle, you know? And like <laughs> my posture is just not good. And my arms suck. And I used to, I used to have like, I used to like, People would say, I didn't know you're in shape when I would wear a t-shirt. That's the best thing you could get. Right. It's when people people not know you are in shape, but like know you're not in shape and then see your arms or your body and be like, Rick's fucking ripped. Yeah. And I and I go, Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And these shirts don't fit my arm. And I and even then I used to feel like we talked about this on my podcast a bit, but I used to feel like my chest is too, isn't, you know, like through, I found everything. And then when I look at pictures of me from a few years ago, it's like, I fucking looked all, you know, you have to look at yourself back in the day. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Okay. So, so you, you had a period where you were happy physically. Um, for the past, you know, the past year and a half is, uh, since I was a teenager, I've never been this out of shape and this l lacking exercise. And um, this is all because of a shoulder injury? Or it's a, combination, it's a combination of things. Once I started my podcast, my life changed. Um, oddly, this hobby of mine, because of, as you know, I do animation and a lot of edits. I mean, it's, it's, it's a full, it's 30, 40 hours a week. Um, not, and, and also, as you know, it's m mentally draining yeah. In a good way, but having two-hour conversation, it's just, and then doing stand-up, which unfortunately has stopped right now because of the world. Yeah. But it's just like I didn't, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't have good self-care. Um, I don't have great self-care, especially relatively speaking to what I used to. And I know that my motivator, if I could be in a gym, I'm, I'm, I'm willing. I want to. It's not like ugh, I would love to. It's almost like I want to work out, but I'm not allowed into the gym. Right. Right. I mean, what's a gym? I have bands and exercise. I just, I'm so limited. Yeah. I'm just depressed. It really does affect mental health too in a big way, I think. Big. Yeah. Big. What does your girlfriend say about how you eat though? Do you eat well? So, yeah, I, I've always eaten well. I, I'm a sucker for some treats. Sure. You know, I'll have some dairy free ice cream or a gluten free cookie. Um, three days a week what but i mean you're saying gluten-free and dairy-free these are not even like well dairy-free is because of the jewish i've just always been like lactose intolerant i mean yeah okay i mean earthquakes happen with it with, with that um but these are treats that like yeah these are not they're better they're not they're not mangoes you know i'm still okay. a lot of processed sugars okay. but yes relatively speaking i do eat well um not as well as i do when i'm working out and my girlfriend got me off gluten which what a fucking find 
man, because do you feel a difference? It's nuts. Okay. I uh she is brilliant and just no, I mean not only does she know nutrition, she's just she's just uh, uh her she's outside of nutrition, her mind just works where she retains things in a certain way and is good at at taking patterns that may not be identified together and and everything I do now I tell her um and it serves a purpose. Example Hey, I'm taking some melatonin tonight, or I'm taking a uh, uh, a um, uh, what's the antihistamine I take? Uh, Benadryl. Benadryl. Or uh, I'm not doing this, or I started doing fish oil. I say all these things, and then when my shoulder hurts or my elbow hurts, she knows. Okay, well, yesterday you did this for the past. Why don't we stop doing that? So it's just it's nuts. And she figured out. Um, well, here are some patterns of your diet. Could we try, this is why we were st- uh, uh, stopping certain like nightshades and the lectins and getting off gluten for a little bit. And we found that when I, st- gluten is an inflammatory to some people, I guess to owe everybody, but it's, it could be so small people don't notice it. Yeah. It took a couple of weeks, but she deduced that gluten causes inflammation, which is tough to deduce with me because also it's tough to troubleshoot because Sometimes I stop something, even if I take a medication, it doesn't start working for a couple of days. Um, so th- the time frames are off. So anyway, shoulder is an issue, but also my, my, my neck, like where it connects my trap, uh, my elbow, I had arthritis. I have arthritis in my right elbow. I had surgery years ago. On your elbow? My elbow. Like um, just to have it, the, 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 the like scoped, like scraped they down? They debride it. Yeah. Debride to it. clean yeah. up the, to clean up the the arthritis and it's still there, but it's managed. Right. And that's another obstacle now where I can't do any presses, no, no, no presses, no pushups just to maintain the elbow. It's not even the shoulder. And then it's just, Oh, it's so fucking frustrating, man, because I want it. I, I, I could do it. And you're, how are your legs? Uh, I had, <laughs> I had triple hernia surgery a year ago. Oh my God. Um, uh, the two on my groin aren't the intestines. They're called sports hernias, which I didn't know about until the operation. It's more a nerve thing. I just, and that's another thing my girlfriend's been helping me with. Um, We have, is it an autoimmune issue, which blood work said no. We're still, I have an appointment with a geneticist soon. There's all these things. There's this thing she told me about uh, Ellis Danlaws. Do you know about that? No. I've never even heard of it. It's something with Lux joints. I mean, now we're into the complaint segment. The TMJ disorder I have is is horrible right now. So I just have some issues. And and you've found that like an anti-inflammatory diet is Getting off gluten. I had daily pain for chronic pain. Um, uh, chronic pain, I can't tell you. I mean, how many people I've met with and physical therapists and chiropractors and then this, try this one, and it's so expensive. Yeah. I stopped eating gluten and my shoulder's still bad for working out. Um, it didn't, I, I don't think it healed anything. My, my daily pain went from, uh, for, uh, it went within a few days to some days I didn't have it. I haven't had it. Oh, wow. Uh a week ago, I treated myself to some fried chicken, and I took some digestive enzymes. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, two days later, for the next three days, pain. Okay, let me just tell you, and uh, it might be harder to find now because of the world and all, but there is a Japanese fried chicken, and they use rice flour, and it's gluten-free, and it's delicious Well, in Los Angeles. Tell, I'm a fried chicken guy as a, until I become vegetarian, which... I don't know when that'll happen. Right. So I'm going to get you this info. The The last one I knew of was in a place called Roe, downtown L.A. Okay. Which is like a little ultra-gentrified enclave 
in downtown LA with like go get them tigers and these kind of places. And there was this Japanese fried chicken place that used rice flour. And, and I had that on a, on a treat day, on a cheat day for myself. Why is that a cheat day for you? Because of the fried? Yeah. I don't eat anything high fat and it's typically, you know, like chicken thigh or leg. It's not a breast and yeah, it's then fried. So what what are you saying? You're saying leg and thigh is worse? Higher fat. Right. Yeah. I only eat white meat chicken. Yeah. They do fried chicken. Yes. Um, you, uh, you're gluten-free, right? No. Cause when we were talking and you, you already told the story on your podcast and then on mine, cause I asked for it. But when we were talking about that pasta story with you and Spielberg and Hanks and Leo, yes. um, I thought that you couldn't eat it cause of the gluten, but it was the carbs. It was just the carbs. Right. I, no, but I had been gluten-free. It could have been a mixture of, of both. Uh, I'm trying to, why go gluten-free for, for you? Well, it was, you know, at some point I'm just trying to remember if I, if the first if prior to going full carb free, I believe I had seen a nutritionist who told me like, you have to not eat gluten. And so I didn't eat gluten. I don't know if, if, if what happened in Rome and me not eating the pasta was when I was on uh, no carbs, but I think it was, or it was gluten free. I've done gluten free before, full gluten free. Why is it worth it to you you are telling me when, before we started the podcast your energy levels because of your calorie intake and how low it is to to your weight. Yeah. Obviously, you take less cal- – you know, you want to burn more calories than you take in if you're trying to lose weight. But at what point – because you say you go like – you go up and down and up and down. Yeah. Is there a perfect equilibrium for you where, you're, where you could live at and why not just stay there? I did for, for – from a week before lockdown until six, six – what – when did the gyms open? They, they opened for a moment here. Right. I'm Remember not sure. That? Okay. So like a week before the gyms opened here, I came out of my maintenance and started dieting. And and by the way, when I say started dieting, the first month of me dieting is almost imperceptible compared to maintenance. It's like a very gradual thing. Right. Now we're into the sixth or seventh week of my diet. And so calories are really restricted. I do, uh, I'm having my body scanned on Friday for a video game. And so, cool. What game? You know, I don't even know what it's called. That's this. This is atrocious that I'm saying that, but this well, will all have on to all be. The work. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And and that's like day one of scans, and there's days of scans, and then days of acting that happen for this video game. But so I'm. It's all kind of towards that. And you want to be scanned and be represented as a certain way. That's what. Yeah. Well, I'm working on. I'm working on perfect six pack, which I'm not super far away from. Right now I have a four pack. And then I'm going to go and put on muscle and then I'll cut. And it's just kind of a balance between getting rid of the fat that you accumulate while you're building muscle Mm -hmm. and then getting lean again and then building muscle and going back. I understand the process of it. And uh, if there's a, if you're competing in something or if you're, you know, having a topless scene in something and then like you want to just get something locked yeah, or compete finish. But and, not doing that. But, what, but, but, what's but the your point? life? Yeah. Here's the real reason. Because I find that if I don't have a goal and I can with maintenance, I've, I did three months or more of maintenance and the goal was just don't gain weight. 
don't lose weight, don't gain weight, maintain weight. And I did that. But I found myself kind of going like, no, I want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I, I enjoy that process. Right. And then I haven't done a real scientifically supervised massing phase where I intentionally put on muscle. I have done a, a year or two of like, I'm going to eat whatever the fuck I want and go to the gym every day and just see what happens. What and happens? I, I gained a hundred pounds. Right. So that I don't want to do. Um, so it's just having physical goals. Right. Like strength for me is kind of inconsequential. At some point I can bench press a lot of weight. What do I need to bench press more? That doesn't matter. Right. Now it's just building muscle, losing fat and repeating. Yeah. I guess there's something to like with goals in general, like goals are not destinations by any means. And once you accomplish something, maintaining is it would be great, but you want to try something else. Like even like talking about looking back in the shape that I was in, I I would fucking love to be there. But there it's like, okay, but now you got to get this bigger and your traps bigger and blah, 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 which on one hand it's great to never be satisfied because it keeps you motivated. But on the other hand, it's, it's, it's dark that uh, not be happy where you are. Yeah. And, and there's, I, I, I know it's dark to not be happy where, where you are, but there's also something that where I just think of anything and stagnation to me, that's not fun. Like if if life were diets. Right. But stagnation doesn't mean you not one not moving. It means one literally moving on to a different thing. All right, I'm in the shape I want to be in. And by the way, this is not the right way. I'm just speaking for myself. Sure. Like Right now, I would love to be in that shape. And then if I got in that shape, at least with the perspective I have at the moment, it's not going to be, now let's get our traps. It'd be like, great, stay here. Now finish this script. You know, or whatever. Like, have yeah. have a goal at a time. Yeah. Have many in the fire, I guess. You said traps. Are you obsessed with big traps? Uh, it's a more complicated answer. I want to hear it because I am obsessed with big traps. I grew up with Schwarzenegger and Jenny McCarthy on my wall, okay. right? Um. The only, uh, I am heterosexual, not that there's anything wrong with that, um, but I, 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 I'm obsessed with muscles, obsessed with them. Um, when I say Jenny McCarthy and Schwarzenegger, it wasn't a split. It was a tons of Schwarzenegger, one Van Damme poster. I loved Stallone, but I didn't feel the need for a poster. Or I didn't find one I loved. I, I don't know. Yeah. And then, you know, my, my uncle did the lighting on the Jenny McCarthy so, show. So, you know, she's laying down, some tits are showing, nipples covered. I love you, Rick, signed Jenny McCarthy or whatever. So I was like, yeah, let's put that on the wall. I'm a teenager. But muscles, yeah. need them, love them. Uh, still, I, 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 I mean, I was looking at your veins during this. I just, I love muscles. I think muscles are cool. I, I, um, I ended up getting into a little bit of a, it's not a fetish. It's not even a preference. But I am into strong girls. Okay. Um, the type of strong girls where it's it's almost like you first get into them by just girls who are into fitness. You know, everybody likes those girls. Yeah. You know, they're just, yeah, people who are in shape. are You know, and then, well, this one's kind of ripped. Right. Do you like, yeah, well, when a girl, has, you know, maybe when she laughs, she has a six-pack. You know, and that's cool to see that. Yeah. And then it's like, well, he doesn't need to be laughing to have it. <laughs> and then it's like, well, what's next? And what it's like, what about a bicep on a girl? That's kind of fun. Yeah, and 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 it's not about guy girl. I mean, maybe it is, but I'm saying on a broader um, picture, just 
muscles are fucking awesome. It's just, it's a, it's on a subconscious level. It's, it's, I don't know if it's fertility, if it's health, if it's strength, if it's protection, if it's work ethic, if it's commitment, whatever it is, muscles just are this person does this well. And you could see it without even by a picture. I love it. Yeah. Also, basketball, sports, athletics are what I first got, gave me friends, confidence, just athletic athletes. The athletic culture is just attractive to me. So on women, you know, some, some people, some uh, uh, people who are like, I don't like that. Some I do, some I don't care. But there is, I find, because I talk to my friends about this stuff, there seems to be a line, which is where I'm on the other end of what most, most of my friends are, which is once it becomes, it looks like she, uh, this isn't the reason, but here's a good way to explain it. She's maybe as strong as me. Right. To a guy who's in shape. I'm not, I don't know if it's intimidation or it's just too big or whatever. It's a bit much. Listen. You're into it. I grew up with a with a with a family, my grandpa in particular, and I always thought he was joking, but he wasn't, which is marry a rich girl. It's not necessary, but marry a rich girl. Where I know other people have this life where it's like they some people who are intimidated or want to be the breadwinner or you know, whatever, like if my girl makes more money than me, then like, yeah, that's fantastic. I don't think my girlfriend's ever gonna beat me up. Also, I could fight. Right. But if she, you know, if listen, if she puts up whatever. Yeah, I've never gotten into a fight with a girlfriend. Right, but but you're not know. ruling it out. I, I, listen, I might get into more fights with girlfriends if I thought they right. had an advantage on. Right, me. and that's what I'm saying. You want that to be balanced. I don't want to say that because one, it's not true, and also I'm being a little bit. I need to be sensitive, Betty. I know you're going to be listening to this, and Betty is not. Uh, she's in fantastic shape, and she's gorgeous. She's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. But as far as muscles are concerned, she you know doesn't isn't the biggest muscle person. It's not a, even a preference. I can't lie that I'm, I, I, I appreciate it. Right. So when I'm in shape, the, uh, my arms and my shoulders and my abs are the first thing to get, like, look good. Yeah. Where I suffer is uh, my chest. Even when I was bench pressing or whatever I could do is strong, my chest doesn't grow that much. Right. My shoulders look good, but my traps, I really have to work extra hard on. So I always want, like, all right, here I am. I look good. I'm trying to do chest, but I'm limited. I, shrugs are easy or whatever. Can never really get them. Yeah. I remember in my driver's license, even as a kid, my first driver's license, I was 16 years old. I put a wife beater on under the t-shirt. <laughs> so it looked like, so no, no, no. raised it a little bit? <laughs> yeah. So you got those lumps? Uh-huh. I, I think, yeah, I'm so with you. And, and for me, it was always like, Muscle guys look tough, and looking yeah. tough is the best. And you want to be friends with those guys. I want to be friends with the tough guys. I want to look <laughs> tough. That's what I want. Yeah. And one for one, the thing, because look, I, I, I fall apart, like from the head down. <laughs> but I always had this thing, like if I could just have traps, I would look tough. It's a shirt muscle. You could That's see it, it with a shirt. Yeah, on. you wear a shirt. Everything else is covered and a little loose so you're not seeing rolls of flesh. But if I could get traps, yeah. and the thing is, I got traps, and I was 400 pounds, and I, I, it was, like, too heavy, and I had to lose weight. And the place where I noticed that I was eating muscle, like, my traps disappeared, and it was devastating to me. And there's nothing, it's genetics. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't pick. 
Well, I will tell you, when I go to do a massing phase, a bulk, as some people call it, and I'm doing it really smart and I'm not gaining hundreds of pounds of fat in the process, there's going to be heavy emphasis on traps. Sure. Yeah. I'm quite excited about this. Of I, which mo- I bet you your wife even doesn't really notice. No. She doesn't, she doesn't notice anything. She notices in a way where she says to me offhandedly, like, you're spending a lot of time at the gym. Why don't you get some abs? And she thinks that she can just drop that little nugget and it will just Why don't you get some abs? Do what, she, what does that mean? She, like, concentrate more on the abdominal muscles. Oh, you're muscles. there so long. How come your abs aren't? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so then it becomes like, okay, well, watch this. Hold my beer. And now you're going to see what it is to get abs. And I'll get them and just tell you it's all your fault the whole time. Yeah, and be tired yeah. and not eat enough. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah tr- uh, you know, the glamour muscles that we want for ourselves, that's like a— a bit of a masochism in a way. Yeah. Like what we do for that thing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know that that uh, some people have have certain goals. Like I want to lose weight everywhere but my butt or I only want to lose weight in my – whatever it might be. And it's like it doesn't really work like that. No. You can't – when I exercise, even if I'm just playing basketball, my arms get big. Yeah. My legs when I'm working out – they don't even when I get stronger, my legs and my chest don't grow, um, and that's what you want the most, you know. I remember I I, I did a uh, I want because I was on an NBC show. I got to do like a compete not on the show, but just like I got to run the Ninja Warrior obstacle course. Wow! And hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I was in good shape at the time, coincidentally, during that time. I was just in good shape. And uh, I had a picture in front of the American Ninja Warrior, and I'm, I, I'm dressed in my cool guy stuff. I'm wearing a, my, my black uh, cutoff that I made, so it has, like, it, it's, you know, on the sides, it's ripped down enough. It looks like I could dunk. Yeah. And uh, I got the black beater underneath it, so you don't see that my chest isn't that big. I have uh, my shorts with the compression pants on underneath them. Yeah. I'm blacked out, you know, and... My veins are fucking popped. Before the picture, I did, you know, 30 pull-ups. Yeah. I just look good. Yeah. I posted on Instagram, and people are saying, uh, 
uh, workout legs. And it's oh, like, I've been God. doing legs more than the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you it's, know? We're doing squats all the time. And this uh, is what we get. And your left arm's smaller than your right arm. I, I literally extra lift my left arm more than I do everything together and I do an extra set with one exercise at least if not doing three reps with the left. Yeah. And my strength is more in the right but I'm doing the same weights. My left arm has always been note and I do think it's something with what's going on with my left shoulder and my left just my left jaw every just whatever it is. But like people see it and they call it out and who cares but also like I, I, but I could jump high was my instinct. Right. No, 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 but it's okay. You can only get so that thing. Yeah. And the, what I would do to be able to be in that shape and have those skinny legs still and just still look good Isn't in a that shirt. crazy? Yeah. And it's a vanity. I mean. But it, I think vanity is a legitimate goal. Like, it's a, it's a motivating factor. But it wasn't what got me into it. Right. Basketball was. Right. I didn't know that I could look cool. You know, like I'm, I grew up playing Magic the Gathering and this isn't a, a woe is me story. Everybody has their things. But I was like, didn't have friends. I was a weirdo. I was in special school. I, people, you know, just, no, I was never bullied, but nobody included me. And it is what it is. I'm, the point I'm just making is I, I didn't grow up an athlete and think of, I had to have that identity at all. I started exercising because that's what you do. And then it made me, it just, it truly was playing ball better being able to jump higher, being able to guard people because I, you know, I'm only, I'm 6'3", guard, I need to be, I'm getting pushed around. Yeah. I started looking cool and I knew that because people started saying, oh, look at your arms. Thanks. And now I want, so like my motivation and the intro to exercise was not vanity. Now I'm not playing competitive basketball anymore. And it's, it's mostly that. Yeah. You know, like, um, I have a TV show that just got picked up. Uh, where I play a character that is not a strong character. So um, I want to get fucking ripped. Yeah. I did a movie um, called A Futile and Stupid Gesture. Awesome movie. It's a Netflix film about the origins of the National Lampoon. And and um, I played Harold Ramis. Uh, nerdy guy, glasses, Ghostbusters. I'm in a Netflix movie. It's with, you know, Joel McHale and, and Will Forte and David Wayne. And people are going to see me. I got fucking ripped for it. That's awesome. People lose, you know, you're supposed, it's, it's, what are you doing? You're supposed to, I was built for it. Right. I'm in the shape I'm in. I happen to look like him. My hair was big. You know, look at what, uh, what, what is this? Christian Bale does in all of his films. Amazing. I don't do what's best for the role, at least with the lack, the little experience I have. I do what's, how will I look best in this picture? Right. How will people say, Rick could dunk? Yeah. You know, so the, I'm just saying like the motivation for me is, I'm sure it's fine, but it's not like the healthiest coming from the best place. Yeah, but I've been talking to a, a, a lady contacted me on Instagram and said her son is very, very heavy, and how can I help her help him? And I and I and I said like my experience has not been, and she's worried about his health. And I said my experience has not been that many people change because we tell them we have a desired outcome doesn't live within them yeah and that sh my advice and i you know and i preface this very flower with a lot of uh flowers empathy and flowers yes i sent her roses that's not true and said like i'm i'm sorry if this is harsh it's not meant to be harsh but my suggestion would be find something that he mm -hmm. actually wants to do and encourage that 
and like you have a goal to look great, that's a fucking great goal. Yeah. I I never had that goal before. My my goal began uh wanting to go on white walks with my wife. That was my goal. Like like be able to walk with her. And not that I was wheelchair bound, but like, you know, if she wants to go on a hike, I was just not going. And so that was my goal, basically. And now it's health and vanity and all of that. But those things I couldn't even view at 500 pounds. You and I come from different places with our own internal obstacles. Yeah. So that makes total sense. Um, I will say from my end, when it's about vanity, it it's not good. Here's where it's not good. When it's about vanity, a couple of things. First of all, you want to look good, so you focus on the things that you could see. Right. Your arms. For me, arms. You know, um, uh, uh, if people who aren't shirtless much, maybe not abs as much. You know, like, how do you look good in, in clothes at least? And with those things, uh, the, the focus is wrong. And I, I'll, I'll say specifically for me, I've learned, a, I knew a lot about how to make myself stronger when I was a teenager in early 20s, and it worked. What I didn't know was how important all the sub-muscles uh, and the, um, the uh, just the conditioning of the entire body, the, the need for stretching, the need for stability, uh, uh, strengthening rotator cuff, um, working out... Uh, in a way where nothing is overcompensating and not because this muscle is bigger than this for aesthetic reasons, but because of the health of the body. And when the goal is to look good, that means let me do some pull-ups, some curls, some sit-ups. But what I really need, even if I don't do those things, which I don't, what I need is I need to work on my stability. I need to work on my flexibility. Those things aren't glamour exercises. And if my goal is to look good, I'm not going to be doing my, my resistance bands and my stretching or consider doing yoga and blah, 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 blah. Unless you take a step back, look at it more broadly and go, my goal is looking good in order to achieve that goal in the best way. I have to also concentrate on structure because the rest of it will cause me to collapse at some point or have injuries or fail. So like long-term looking good, maybe you need to concentrate on those things. But I don't know that it has to be that your goal is now structural. It's just like a sub-goal of the goal of looking good. Yeah, I agree. uh, Listen, we all want to look good. It's it's a good thing to want to look good. I agree. I I think the best analogy would be uh, wanting to date somebody because of the way they look. When I I will – I could not be with somebody who I didn't think was really fucking hot. It's the truth. I mean, is, is beauty subjective? To a point. I don't think it's as subjective as people pretend it is. But to a point, and people could look better or worse as you get to know them. But there is an honest, superficial side that they need to look a certain way. That being said, it is not number one. It is, a, it is number two and very high up. It's not like, I, you know, if they look good, they don't. They need to look good. But that's number two. Number one is compatibility, personality, uh, character, the person. So in that analogy, what I'm saying is, yeah, I want to look good. But if that is focus number one, just with me and the way I I prioritize things, it's hard to focus on one thing, let alone two or three. Yeah. And looking good, and I've been there where I, a month into rehab and 
or, or I guess into leaving rehab and getting into my continuing it at home. And all right, I'm allowed to go to the gym now. So I go to the gym and I do my warm ups first. A month of that, and I'm not seeing results, and that's why I'm there. It's it's um, it's disheartening, yeah. and it's hard to continue. If my goal is to look a certain way, not only is is it tough because you're seeing yourself every day, and when does that happen? It's never happened for me. You know, you always want more. But if the goal is to uh, be a certain way, then I'm doing that. And then a month or two in, I'm noticing, oh, my shirt's fitting me different. Yeah. It's easier to, it's, e- it's the same with strength. Strength and flexibility are easier to gauge than aesthetic. And when you see I'm putting an extra plate on or I'm bumping from the 25 to the 30 pound curls or whatever it might be, it's motivating and it's great. Yeah. And I'm able to do this now. I'm able, my shoulder isn't hurting at whatever it is. But if you're doing it, fuck, I still don't look good. It's it's hard. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I think it might have been uh, disingenuous, but not intentionally of me. Because when I really quickly separate my goals, I think any vain, any vain goal that I have today is just a buffer to keep me able to go on a walk with my wife. Yeah. Like the, if I if I if I'm really really honest. That's the that's my goal. That was my initial intention. That was my desire. And so everything else is just kind of built up to maintain that. I want to add one more thing to that yeah. because they're not they're, it's not binary. It still all is about it still is includes. It includes looking good. It's not about it. It there are certain losing if if you're 500 pounds and you want to lose weight, losing weight makes you look good. Right. But those obje- for I believe objective goals make it easier to, 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 to feel rewarded. So if I want to, you know, if you lost 10 pounds, you won't know if you look better. Right. Relatively speaking. Yeah, no. And, and it, this is a very good point too, because as we're with ourselves constantly, mm-hmm. that, that change, that differential is really hard to notice because it's happening really slowly. Right. So, and you and, can't quantify it. Right. You can't quantify it. No, I, you can only with the metrics of like I measured myself. That's I got right. on a on a scale, but like unless you were to literally like sit shiva and cover the mirrors, and like go on an extreme diet and then uncover them and have no pictures or you know not be looking at yourself, you're not gonna you're not gonna necessarily see a difference. It's not gonna be a startling difference, right? You could remember like, oh yeah, I remember I looked different. So, but it, it happens gradually. There's also something very, um, you know, and I, I, I don't want to knock materialism for all, for all the materialists out there who, if that's what works for you, that's fine. But there is something where just vanity, if that's, if that's all there is to it and there's nothing under it, like how you talked about compatibility being number one and, and aesthetics could be close at heels but that's still number one i think that that's healthier than just you know the shiny new car and all, all the material things because that we get materials into. just like we were talking about with goals they're not destinations and it becomes the status quo and once you have it we unless you're unless you figure out a higher level of spirituality which i don't anticipate ever falling into what's next will always exist yeah and and what's next, that's why I was saying there's beauty in not being, um, uh, o- o- uh, always, uh, not always being satisfied in things because 
then there's then there's a ceiling. There always should be a next. And when it comes to vanity and materialism, it'll never satisfy. And I say this through the limited experience I have and also just having these conversations and listening to people who are wildly success, more successful than me and have a lot of money and have these things that, you know, it, it, you, know you swallow it and you want more. So, so having somebody that challenges you and, and, and keeps you excited and, and helps you grow and that you feel a validation of doing the same doesn't stop where, you know, this is such a weird conversation and, and I want to, whatever, part of me wants to like, who cares, uh, validate the fact that like, I know, I know, but I got to say, I'll, I'll, I'm going to take ownership of it and I think it's fucking cool. Since moving out to Los Angeles and doing the few things I've done and getting the blue check on Instagram and being good looking enough and being charismatic as fuck, I've been with girls that have like, you're a poster on my wall. What are you doing? Right. You know what I'm saying? And did you hook up with Jenny McCarthy? I I don't know. I have to ask her if that's okay, and I might tell you to bleep this, but I fucked Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> did you really? No. <laughs> No, man. By the time I'm old enough, no, I, I didn't. The point I'm making, I mean, I mean that could be a that's a legit fantasy. I remember Baywatch. Who was Baywatch, right? No, that oh. uh, Pamela Anderson. Okay, Jay McCarthy was singled out. So, so I remember singled Which out. Which was a Boy Meets World episode when um, when Eric goes on singled out. He pretends he's from Harvard. Right. And uh, I don't know if I was on that episode. Uh, you weren't. Okay. I coincidentally watched that episode before you came over. Yeah. And also after you came over uh, a couple nights ago, I, I had the urge to rewatch Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. And you know movies are good. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's good. But s- sometimes you watch something, you're like, oh, right. It's really good. It's, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, I agree. But I, the point I was making is um, I – I, I was always somebody who uh, is in relationships, and when I'm not, I don't sleep around. It wasn't a moral decision. It was a take your shoes off, so imagine what everything else is. Yeah. It was just, you know, I, you don't, it's fine. I don't need to fuck you. I, I, it's too much work. And once you get to know somebody, and again, this isn't like I was a moral. It was at least... It wasn't my decision to do this because I'm a good guy. Just that's what good guys... It was just like, it was better. I, I, I can't... I've talked about it on my podcast. I, I used to, I met with professionals. I thought I had erectile dysfunction because I, I literally couldn't sleep with girls. Condoms were a new obstacle until like I felt safe and comfortable enough. So it was just, I, why even bother trying? Yeah. I was in a relationship with a girl that after I got out of the relationship, um, it was really hard on me in a way that was definitely about me. Um, it's when I first really got into therapy. Um, and one of the things I, I noticed about myself was this wasn't an issue when I was with her, at least not consciously, but she had slept with 30 guys in her life and I had slept with 16 girls at the time. And this ate at you? Why? Yeah, big. Yeah. I think it did. I wasn't sure, but I thought it did. So what was it and why? The best I could come up with still is fucking people is cool. I didn't have my first kiss until I was 17, almost 18. She was cool. I wasn't cool. And there were these opportunities I've had when I was single to sleep with girls. There was a couple. I've never had a three-way. I've always wanted to have a three-way. There were two opportunities that it wasn't like, oh, if you, you know, play your cards right. It was one of them was come up and the other one was come over. Uh, and, I, and I didn't. 
Did I not want to because I was, I, I was afraid I wouldn't be able to perform? Was I nervous about this? I didn't like them. One of them wasn't enough, attractive enough. I don't know. Whatever it was, it was definitely based on fear. And I'm not sure. Do I regret not doing it? I, I, yes. Yes. Uh, I, I've, I've said this on stage before, and I feel like I need to say this. So it's that like, oh, Rick's running bits. The best way I could explain having a three-way is living in New York. This is pre-pandemic, of course, right. but I don't want to live in New York, but I would, I would like to have had lived in New York. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I, this isn't like I'm fiending for a three-way, but I would like to be able to visualize, pardon my French, two girls sucking on my cock at the same time. It would be cool. I want to, but I'm too scared. So here I am now with this girl who uh, was pretty and she fucked guys all the time. <laughs> and it's like, and it wasn't like I thought she was ho- wrong. It was, she's cool and I'm a bitch. She's out of your league at that yes. point. Um, yes. Yeah. And whether that's real or not isn't the point. Like we talked about before, it's all perspective. And I have to acknowledge again, um, thank you for your patience with all this talking I I'm doing. It. The coffee's kicking in and I have fun with you. But I'm talking to my therapist and it was like, okay, what I'm realizing is, what is there a number that would, if she had sex with less guys than me, would I be happy? Or do I need to hit a certain number to where I'm cool? I, logically, I knew how ridiculous that was, but I couldn't deny the emotional point kid in me that was like, I, I don't know and yeah. I won't know. So I gave myself this homework that was sleep with girls. And I mean that as homework, I mean that as like get on her level. It wasn't her, it wasn't, I mean, truthfully, even in that moment when I was hurting, it wasn't about her. Right. And I knew that. I knew that. It was, I'm going to be in a relationship again with a girl who fucked more guys than me. Or we're in a relationship where I haven't fucked enough girls to where I could say, I could come on a podcast and be like, I, you know, I've been with a Victoria's Secret model or whatever the f- cool guy is. Because there's something, whether you like it or not, at least for me, when a guy, when you know a guy hooks up with hot girls all the time, it's like muscles. There's something like... I wanted him to like me. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It's not, I don't know why. It's just the truth. Yeah. Guys are cool. I know. There's also, be sure, well, you know, guys are creeps and blah, 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 blah. I'm talking on a, on a raw child, uh, like, primal level. There's something cool about a guy. People who, we are attracted to people who are attractive to people. It's just what it is. Yeah. So I wanted to know for myself, I was looking for data. Truth. Yeah. This wasn't like, Oh, I guess I'm going to have to start eating cakes because I need to put on weight and look at it was it was really something I was scared to do. I didn't do this and I I don't think I have judgment towards it, but I I feel myself being defensive. One of the th- thought processes was maybe just prostitution. Just figure that out because there's an even exchange there we're all on the same page that would make me feel safer like I'm the type of person and I don't want to mean to be running bits and this is not something I've said on stage, but this sounds like a joke and maybe it's funny, but when I have sex with a girl, I have—I don't remember how we talked about this, but I, as a kid, I had a challenge of picking up on, I couldn't really read facial expressions. And I've learned that people aren't very direct, just based on their communication. It's not a me thing. And I never, I have a, a big aversion to lying. You even said that at the beginning, so we must have touched on this. Yeah. I, it's just very tough for me. Yeah. When I'm having sex with a girl and she is loving it, she can't get enough. My thoughts are, maybe. <laughs> you know, n- never would I say, like, look what I just did to right, you. Right, I already, on its own, if a girl comes hard, it's, uh, uh, you know, that's on her. 
Yeah. I'm not, it, I would love for her to feel great. And I feel like um, orgasms are like tipping in a way where it's like, I have a, I tip 20%. If the service is great, I'll tip more. If it's bad, I'll tip 15%. If you're like, if you call me a kike or something. <laughs> I mean, there's all, the standard deviation isn't that. So I feel it's like, listen, if you orgasm from this, I did only so much, right? You know, so I don't. I'm not going to applaud myself. And if you don't, how could we figure this out with you? But also, I'm not going to eat myself up. Right. The point I'm making is, I, I am. It's hard to be present when a girl is having a good time, and I'm thinking to myself, you don't have to do the noises, right? You know what I mean? Like, that's why you have to get to know them. But I can't say stop. But the noises, okay. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I totally understand this. The noises are half the fun. Here, this is this is on a more personal level with me. Um, this isn't about sex. Right. This is about connection. Right. Connection and trust. And trust. Yeah. And I'm the same way with porn, dude. There are some porn stars that I'm into because I believe them. Right. You know, we, we talked about this on my podcast. I, and it's gotten in my way with stand-up, prioritize believability over comedy comedy is looks and it's important but if you don't believe the person yeah it doesn't work yeah so when i'm having sex with a girl and listen here's something i've learned that if there's any young people listening this will this will benefit you there's no move there's no you put your penis in you move around and then you you know how you know you enjoy yourself there's no like I mean, I, you know, there's, there's pressure on the G-spot. There's lifting her, her body up a little bit. There's pushing on the stomach down. There's, you know. But you are a pro. Appreciate it. What, I, um, that's biology I'm talking about. Okay. I'm saying there's no thing. But when you're having sex, you're, you're, my, my worth, my value, my ego is based on this girl needs to fucking drench me with squirt or whatever the bullshit thing that you make up is. Or I'm not a man. Right. It's not real. It's not sustainable, and who knows if 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 um, if it's happening or if it's not. If if based on her point I'm making is, it's very hard for me to be present when I'm worried about trusting. The, I need to have trust with this person beforehand. So many words, and I don't know if I've gotten everything out. But the point I'm making is, going into all right, Rick, you need to sleep with more people for data. It's you know. I, sharks are cool, and I love watching Shark Week, but you're telling me I need to go in the fucking cage now? I'm terrified. Yeah. And not only do I need to go in the cage, I got to do it and be rock hard. Yeah. I, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I also feel that if you if a girl sees me with a, an erection, she's going to be very impressed. If she sees me when I'm soft, she's going to think I'm a bitch. <laughs> I, 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 it's... It's built in from size of penis, soft versus hard. It's also built in from this idea of uh, uh, virility or whatever the word is. Yeah. Like, I, I had a, uh, I, I want a uh, side story, but I want to finish this. Are we okay with time? We're, we're, I mean, we're going to get kicked out in about 15 minutes. Great. Let me tell you this side story and I'll be fast with it. Uh, on an episode of my podcast, I had my grandma on and I did this bit where my cousin surprised her and was tending bar. Yeah. And I put on my Insta story, come on by, take your shoes off and have a drink. And I had pre-set up people to come in to my apartment, walk between us, order drinks and leave. I don't, we don't talk to them. I'm, and I thought by the second time at grandma's, she thought the whole time it was real. It was amazing. And I had like, I, there was one, I had like, I can't wait to watch uh, this. Alexandra Daddario came over. Do you know who that is? No. She's an actress who is um, very talented and happens to be uh, very pretty. And uh, I've never met her. 
And but we're friends on Instagram, and like you know, we 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 talk on Instagram, and and we do bits and blah blah blah. blah. But I'm reaching out, and I'm looking for for the production value, people who are famous. Full transparency. I want people who are famous because. It's funnier for the audience to see to see somebody and they recognize a person from something. And my grandma is like, what's going on here, right? Yeah. I've never met her. She came over. I still never met her. Other than I'm talking to my grandma. She walks in. She walks through them. We get into a little bit of a thing because she forgets to take her shoes off on the rug. And she legitimately orders a drink for two minutes. My grandma is, what's going on? And then she continues telling a story about Uncle Bob. And then she leaves. And I go to Danny. Did she leave a tip? Um, and Alex heard it and she came back and she put $20 in and she left and my grandma goes, $20, she left $20. That's a lot of money, Danny. And it was, it's hysterical. And I, I, and I I wanted to make the story story and I'm not, the point is it kept building and building and building. Um, by the end, there's this girl who came over who is a pretty girl. And my grandma, based on the way it happened, my grandma was mad that I didn't ask for Alex's name and get her in for, she, you should have gotten her phone number. Right. Okay, the next girl. So it ended up being to where I let me, can I walk you out? And I walked her out, and we edit with a bars and tone, and we come back five minutes later or whatever, and then we continue the podcast. And then I filmed a tag at the end. It says you know fifteen minutes earlier, where it shows my grandma waiting for me, and I didn't walk her out. What really happened is we reveal her is in the bedroom with me, and I'm having sex with her, and and you hear her yelling, "Fuck me, fuck me!" While my grandma's in the other room, and it's just a funny bit. Yeah, all for comedy, all funny. It's time to do the sex scene. I have done sex scenes before. Uh, this one is in my apartment. I'm in full control, so it's even it's weird because it's like I'm saying here's what needs to be. Right. She gets on top of me. Uh, we're in our underwear and we can't see it, you know. And here's my mind. If I'm soft, she's insulted. If I'm hard, I'm a creep. I am sweating. You don't know what to do. The only thing I can do, talk about it. You acknowledge have to. It. You have to. So I said to her, I want to acknowledge that I'm, I'm not hard right now, and I want you to know this is an uncomfortable situation, and I'm nervous, and I think you're very, also very unprofessional, but on a, per, uh, but on a personal level, I, I think I needed to. I think you're very pretty, and, and in a different situation, I could be hard, and I want you to know that when I'm hard, I have a big penis, but we're soft. And I'm like, I'm being silly because that's my survival technique, Yeah. but the truth was I needed to tell her those things. I needed to let her know why I was soft. It's, it, it's, it, it's an impossible situation. Imagine really fucking somebody. Yeah. Also, Jesus, what am I saying to you on this podcast for people to hear about all of this? But the, I don't even remember the point of what I was getting into, but basically sleeping with more people. Right, here's what it was. I have learned something that I already knew, but I, something that I thought that I needed to know, which is being with beautiful people. Maybe they're great, but just not, we're not compatible. It is just like people say, it's unfulfilling and doesn't feel good. And I don't want it. I don't like it. Yeah. Had I not had that year and a half where I had this homework of like, try and be a cool guy, get traps, get abs. My, this was my version of it. Had I not done that, I don't think I would be in a good way where I am now with my confidence and emotional maturity to know that, to know both logically and emotionally, to be fully in tune with the fact that my girlfriend's past is her past. And however many people she did or did not sleep with is her past. And accept that the fact that I will be jealous while also knowing she did nothing wrong and be able to talk to her. I'm feeling jealous about this. I want you to know there's no judgment. I 
I'm just looking for a little extra attention from you or validation. And I know I'm probably not the best looking guy you've ever been with, but like if tonight, you know, make some extra noises, <laughs> you know, or tell right. me whatever it is. Yeah. The ex sleeping with people didn't, on one hand, it, it's unfulfilling, but on the other hand, it gave me the, the, the confidence and the knowledge to know that it's not, you know, it, it, it's it's not a destination. It's not a destination, and I think that this is a perfect analogy to what what you're what you're talking about with with the the van, the vain goals yeah. for yourself. I think the two things are perfect corollaries. You know, yeah, because and that's why I went into that twenty minute rant, and I am it's, sorry to everybody if I did too much. I think stuff, it's a I'm beautiful sorry. rant. Sorry, Betty. I think it's one of the most honest things I've heard, and like. I, I related to everything you said, mm. you know, I think it's a very truthful thing. Thank you for sharing that. But I, I think it, it, it really is helpful if somebody is, if, it, if, if anybody is chasing something purely materialistic, that it's an easy thing to relate to and to go like, maybe that's not the path. Yeah. And, and, and get some, get some, be efficient with it. If you are doing those things, collect the data, Yeah, you know, like whether it's diaries or having a conversation, you know, writing it down or just recognizing the patterns. Remember how you feel, why you feel, because you might find some things that you are important. Like some people do need to date somebody that is in shape a certain way or lives a lifestyle or, or wants kids or does, like all these things. They're not everything, but, but find out what your truths are as opposed to things that you're on, you don't know about. So if you're chasing those things or you're doing those things and they don't get something out of it. Yeah. Check in with yourself and find the patterns. Yeah. And you and, and and you don't have to cling on to something for an emotional reason. If you go and you're and you're finding data and the data presents you with a new alternative to what you thought was ideal, go with that. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, with with diets, with with uh with goals. If your goal today is walking to the end of the street, maybe your goal in a couple of years is going to change and right. you're going to be playing basketball because you love that and it's active. Um, uh, I think a good uh, analogy is uh, of that also is with stand-up. You do stuff, you know, for a long time um, and then you get better and you get new bits, like blah, 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 blah. And that's all great and and growth. But to be more efficient, keep up with, like, check in with things and and... There's a joke that I did, uh, uh, I don't know if it's year one or year two, but before I moved to Los Angeles, so very early on. I've been doing stand-up for 12 years now. And a, a joke that I knew was funny, and it never worked. Eight years in, no, five years in, I think. So I stopped it for three years. And then my, the new tools I've developed, oh, here's why it didn't work. And then I did it, and I stopped, and I, I do it again. I had a joke that didn't work 10 years ago that does work now because I've grown. Now, if I don't check back in that joke. I still groan and who knows, but like just remember stuff, write it down or whatever it is. But like you could use stuff that stuff that doesn't work. You know, I don't know if it was Einstein, I think it was, but like, uh, you learn from every failure or whatever the better version of that is. But you know, uh, Will Smith says fail forward. I love that one. Yeah. But like all of these misses offer you things or misters yeah. offer you things. And, um, my favorite is Beckett, just so it's on the record, fail better. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Um, also, I don't know Beckett. Samuel Beckett. 
He wrote, uh, he was a playwright. He wrote um, Waiting for Godot. I've heard of it, but I don't know it. I'm really, I don't know a lot of things. It's fine. It's, it's, uh, he was an Irish playwright. Very interesting guy. But he said, ever tried, ever failed, no matter, fail, try again, fail again, fail better. Yeah, that's great. It's a good quote. The way we fail is important. Yeah. Uh, 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 knowing the way we fail is important. Yeah. Because, um, you know, then you get to like, uh, it get sometimes you get to, be confident in it. Um, I bombed so much so hard that it shaped my act. And my act is, is, is weird. And I'm, out of all my friends, my peers uh, that are stand-ups, um, they have accomplished a lot more than me because they're way more efficient and do things in a way that arguably is better but different. Um, but I've developed a unique skill set with stand-up that came from a defensive place. But I got good at it. Point being, for better and for worse, I am fine. I am, I am, I don't, I am fine. Yeah. When I'm nervous or it doesn't, it doesn't affect me. I mean, I get nervous. I'm fine bombing. I'm comfortable going into things. And I think that is a great, that is a great thing to think about too, to, to, to try stuff and be okay with that not being the right thing for you, but to figure it out. And know when that happens. Does that make sense? Battery's exhausted. Okay, we have to wrap it up. We're getting kicked out of here, yeah. Rick. Um, everyone who's listening and you who you've already been kind and I believe you enough, thank you. I, I, I get very, I, I talk a lot. And that's not just me today. I talk a lot. You do. So thank you for letting you me come wonderful. and talk with you. And Thank uh, you for coming. And two for two, man. You, you are the, uh, I feel good around you. Good. I appreciate you wanting me to come on your thing. Yeah. And um, I can't wait to see the goblin shit on my shoulder. Yeah, well, it came out last week. It'll be out on Monday. It'll be, I, I loved watching the goblin shit on my shoulder. Um, let me plug it then. Uh, yeah, uh, please, just, please. Uh, rickglassman.com. It's on, uh, you know, it's all places you can listen to podcasts, but I really put a lot of time and work into the visual and the editing of it. It's on YouTube. Uh, you could go to YouTube, take your shoes off podcast, but rickglassman.com has everything, all the thumbnails of everything. Um, and, and all else people watch the video. Yeah, I think that, that that is important because I I don't tend to watch podcasts and we don't do that. So I just don't think of it. But with yours, I did go and watch them. And it's uh, much more than a podcast. Yeah, I, I think of it a little bit as a show. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's 40 hours a week. It's, yeah. it's the video element of it. So just, you know, I want people to see what's going into it. Right. Um, but dude... I love you. Cool. Thank you. I love you too. Thank you for coming. And Betty, I, I am sorry for some of the things I said. You still are the prettiest girl I've ever, I've ever seen, and you make me a better man. And you're smart, and I love your family, and let's have a dog, and all of the things. <laughs> all of the things <laughs> okay. in the world. Thank all you, right. Rick. Now, time for some Q and A. Richard writes in, Ethan. First, let me say your podcast starting in January came at the exact right moment for me as I started my journey down from 522, basically your top weight. I wonder if you have had a problem with loose or excess skin, and if so, did you have surgery to take care of that? Keep up the awesome work, and thanks for the inspiration, which is working for me because I am now 40 pounds to 482. That's amazing, Richard. Well done. I definitely had a problem with loose and excess skin. I had skin reduction surgery 
in 2008, I had skin reduction surgery and it was not a great experience. And basically I have found nothing to tighten up loose skin. The way I understand it, skin is an organ and it's kind of built to be elastic and it stretches out so that you can gain weight, you know, or for women, they can become pregnant and there, there is an elasticity to the skin. But once you hold the skin at that certain point for a long enough period of time, it wants to still be able to stretch. So it grows to this new size so that it can still be elastic at this new size to allow you to gain more weight. I think the body is much happier gaining weight and will uh, kind of work towards gaining weight uh, much more vigorously than it is about losing weight. So once the skin has grown to this much larger size, it doesn't go away. So you wind up losing the fat and then you end up with loose skin. And that I have heard a, a few times that there was somebody who did a certain diet in a certain way and had no excess skin. That was not true for me. And I do not think that that has been true for the majority of people that have lost extreme amounts of weight who were obese for long periods of time. You know, if you gain 20 pounds or even 50 pounds and then lose it right away, you probably won't have an issue with loose skin. But kind of... Anybody else who has maintained a larger size for a long period of time is going to have loose skin. And I don't know of anything that can be done to get rid of that loose skin outside of surgery. I had surgery. It was a really brutal operation. And then I gained weight. So I still have loose skin. And if I wanted to have another surgery, which I don't because those surgeries are rough, if I wanted to have uh, taut skin, I would either have to build so much muscle, which is completely unrealistic, or have another surgery to have the skin reduced, which I, I don't foresee myself doing. So as soon as I'm up to having a shirtless thirsty pick of myself out there, you can all see how unthirsty my body is. That is my answer to you, Richard, about loose skin. Thanks for writing in, Richard. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast, please write in to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.